around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Welcome, everyone, to today's podcast, and thank you for joining us. I'm Lynn Mize. I'm sitting here with Terry and Renee Mize, as usual. And we're missionaries. We're around the world somewhere all the time. We may be in churches. We may be in uh, open-air crusades ministering to the masses uh, in order to get them saved. We may be doing humanitarian aid. We may be dealing with orphanages. We may be doing leadership conferences. We're doing all kinds of things because to the best of our ability, we're following the heart of God and what He's called us to do. And uh, today, I'm excited about what we're talking about. As a matter of fact, uh, we were in church just yesterday in a meeting, and you guys were talking about this, and so I wanted to bring it up today and talk about something that's so vital because we can't do this all by ourselves, and that is the power of partnership. And we were in a church meeting, and you ministered, and it's not always about uh, just what God's called you to do. Sometimes it's about who God's called to help you do that, and you were touching on some of those things uh, yesterday, Dad, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, absolutely, Lynn. We were, in fact, uh, Renee and I were on uh, uh, the Oasis Network the other day on radio with our dear friends uh, Lynn and Kathy Mink doing the the road show, and Lynn brought up the same thing. And he said, Terry said, talk to me. He said, you've got a real revelation in the area of partnership and and how important that is and and how it impacts uh, the the world and the the ministry and so on, and talk to us about that. So, so yeah, uh, I feel like that years and years ago, the Lord just showed, you know, when number one, you hear preachers talk about partnership yeah well you know you can't always talk about this because people think you're gonna you're after their money right right it sounds like it sounds like it's self-serving but but you hear almost every preacher talk about partnership and needing partners and 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 that sort of thing and and it's probably overused and overdone and, and sometimes it's misdone and sometimes you know i hear people talk about wanting partners i think well what in the world are they are they doing they yeah. need they need partners for sure but but partnership didn't didn't wasn't invented in the heart or brain of any man uh, it came straight out of the heart of God. It came straight out of the Bible. And so God had given me a revelation quite a few years ago about this. And, um, and, and we realized that with God, everything's, uh, there's all those scriptures in the Bible about agreement. There's all those scriptures right. in the Bible about more than one, that it's not yeah. just you, it's somebody else. We see the, we see the ministry of helps in the Bible started the same way. We see, uh, in the Old Testament when Israel was fighting against the, the enemy and, and God said to Moses, now as long as you hold your arms up and hold your rod up, uh, Israel will win, but if you let your arms down, let the rod down, then Israel's going to lose. Yeah. And so Moses held his arms up as long as he could, and then he got tired, you know, and, and his arms began to sag, and his, as his arms began to come down, then Israel began to lose the battle. So two guys, one named Aaron and one named Hur, ran over to Moses and grabbed his arms and held them up. And as long as they held them up, then finally Israel won the battle. And so a lot of times we, we say, well, that's where a ministry of help started was with, with Aaron and her. You know, Moses couldn't do it by himself. Yeah, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about people that will help you facilitate the call of God on your we're life. We're talking about doing things for God. Which which in and of itself is a calling. No, absolutely. No, Some absolutely. people aren't called to the pulpit ministry. No, 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 that's exactly right. In fact, more people are not than are. Yeah. And uh, and yet, you know, the, in the areas that God's called the ministry to, we usually refer to it as a five-fold ministry or the are the are the full time ministry or whatever, but you know we look at them according to the Word of God as offices or as gifts. Uh, Ephesians four eleven, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus Himself yeah. uh, thought it was a good idea to put in the church the office of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. 
And, uh, and so if Jesus thought it was a good idea, then it's probably still a good idea today. And so Jesus established those offices or those gifts. The pastor is actually an, an office, the office of pastor, the yeah. gift of pastor. Uh, and, and he listed him in an order that, that that's very important uh, still to this day, too. And he said, he said, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. In fact, it's worded very funny in the, uh, in, in the, in Ephesians. It says, it says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. It doesn't say and some pastors and some teachers. It kind of lumped pastors and teachers together. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say, well, there's a fourfold ministry and some people say there's a fivefold ministry. Yeah. Uh, but, but he, uh, he gave us those gifts and thought they were vitally important to the church. And, and they are offices and they are gifts and they are to be, uh, to understand, we are to understand that God still uses those today. It's not, he, he gives us those ministry gifts or those offices to help the people, yeah. to help the body. Because I saw somebody say just the other day, somebody said, uh, oh, we're not in the Old Testament anymore. We don't need the priest anymore. We don't need a priest to interpret the scriptures for right. it. Well, you may not need the priest to interpret the scripture, but you still do need the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher to to minister to you, to to preach the scriptures to you, to lay out the scriptures to you, to give you direction, to give you doctrine, to give you correction. In fact, the Bible tells us very plainly that the pastors, one of, one of the pastor's duties is, and nobody wants to talk about this, including the pastor, but one of the pastor's duties is it says that he must watch for the souls of the people mm-hmm. and, here's the catchy part, and give a report. And the Bible says, and it'd be good for you if that report was a good report and not a bad report. Wow. In other words, if the end of your life, if your pastor goes before God and God says, okay, now give me a report about this, oh boy, you pastored. Uh, the, the, the Bible says it's, it'd be better for you if it were not grievous. Mm. <laughs> you don't want your pastor being able to tell God, uh, well, I've got a grievous report about that old boy. Yeah. And, and so there's some, there's some important things here to, to understand and to, and to realize and to recognize that we're involved in. Yes, ma'am. You got something you want to say? I do. I would, I was just, I never would have believed you wanted to say something. (laughs) I just was going to comment when you're talking about that, that in the, that the whole concept of the body of Christ is that it is a body of that. Everybody's helping. So partnership is coming along like a ministry of helps and it's coming in there and helping people. Uh, We're, we're helping the minister and we're all helping other people. And it's a much bigger picture when people stand back and they say, well, I like that preacher. I like that one. Or I like that. Or I don't like that. But the whole concept is to help. And it's it's to help get the gospel into the lives and countries of other people that don't hear anything. And like you were saying about Hebrews 13, there is that, is that the, the idea of preaching the gospel and teaching the word of God is that people are going to hear it. And then they're going to receive from it. And then Ephesians 4 there where they're talking about why we have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It says because it's for the building up and the edifying of the body of Christ so that they have the ability to be a partner, to be a helper, to be somebody that comes along and just lifts up like Aaron and her did the arm of those that are really going out on the front line of battle. And they're really going out there to preach the gospel. And people don't, a lot of times they'll think partnership. They they put it on a carnal level instead of on a supernatural yeah. ability from God Absolutely. and a command from the from the very throne of God that we are to supply. Mm-hmm. Like Paul talked about the body of Christ that that we're not all the ear, we're not all right. the the foot, but that we're all in there helping, and that that people really see the supernatural spiritual side of the thing is that if I pray, if I encourage, if I give an offering. 
I am being a part of the body of Christ and I am helping getting the gospel out in a bigger picture. And it puts it out there in a much bigger scope than me just writing a check in church and, and then I'm through. No, of yeah. course, that's where I was going with that whole thing because that's where the ministry of helps comes from because the ministry of helps is to help the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher get the work done, get the job done, get the gospel to the world, fulfill the great commission that we're all in a team together. It's not it's not us against them. It's not the ministry against the people. It's not the people against the ministry. It's the ministry and the and the lay people to working together yeah. uh, to get the job done, to get one job done, to complete the job. And yeah. that's where Ministry of Helps comes from, and that's where partnership comes from. And so and I believe that partnership really came from the book of Numbers, uh chapter eleven, because God had had Moses deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt after four hundred and fifty years in slavery. And uh and then Moses was doing everything. I mean, he had no help. And he was leading two million Jews. They were complaining. They were whining. They were griping. They were carrying on. They were doing all kinds of stuff. And and Moses is, you know, having to run the food pantries, having to run the nurseries, having to he's having to part the mustache to get the baby bottle in the mouth to yeah, feed the, sure. the, the older babies. And so Moses complained to God and just said, look, if it's going to be this way, you just kill me. You just kill me now. If you love me at all, you just kill me right now because I can't handle all these people alone. And if you pick that up and read it in Numbers 11, starting at verse 11, it says, Moses said unto the Lord, wherefore have you afflicted your servant? Why have you afflicted me? And wherefore have I not found favor in your sight that you layest the burden of all this people upon me? Moses said, man, I got two million people on me. I can't, I can't do this. Why, God, don't you love me anymore? Why, right. why have I not have favor in your sight? You, why have you put two million people on me? He said, have I conceived all these people? Did I give birth to them? He said, have, have I begotten them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse and father bears a suckling child into the land which thou swearest unto thy fathers? He said, where will I get in flesh to give all these people? Hmm. You know, so he's the, he's the cook. He's handling yeah. the food pantry. How am I going to feed all these people? And he said, for they weep to me saying, give us flesh that we may eat. He said, I am not able to bear all this people alone. That's the key phrase there. I am not able to bear all these people alone because it's too heavy for me. And if you're going to deal thus with me, Lord, then kill me now. I pray thee out of hand. If I found any favor in your sight at all, just kill me and let me not see my wretchedness. And here's the Lord's answer to all that. This is where ministry of help started and where partnership started. And he said, and the Lord said to Moses, gather unto me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom thou know to be the elders of the people and officers over them and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with you, with you, with you. And I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take the spirit that's on you, Moses, and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you don't bear it yourself alone. That was God's answer. He said, you get 70 elders that you know are leaders, you know are good guys, you know are elders. You bring them in, and I'm going to take the spirit that's on you, Moses, and put it on them. And they're going to help you and help you bear this burden that you don't do it alone. So so in other words, they're not going to do their own thing. They're going to have Moses' spirit on them. And that's where I think partnership started and the ministry of helps started was right there because after that, Moses had some help. Yeah. And then, and then I gave, uh, yesterday I gave three, uh, uh, three old, uh, two, one Old Testament example and two New Testament examples. We talked uh-huh. about David having partners. We talked about right. Jesus having partners and we talked about Paul having partners. Before that, let me give you a couple of other scriptures. Ecclesiastes four and verse 12. 
says, If one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. God said a, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So we all know if you take a rope or a cord, and, and you, it's just just one strand, that it can break easily. You wrap a second one around with it, it's a little stronger, but it can still break. But he said, you you braid in three cords together, and that's not quickly broken. Mm-hmm. And so that, that shows us that partnership, that when you have a ministry out here, and a, a pastor, an apostle, or whatever they are, and, and then God starts putting people with them, they become stronger and more unified, and, and the strength is there. The threefold cord's not easily broken or yeah. quickly broken. And then uh, Matthew 18, we all know that scripture, the agreement scripture there says, uh, uh, verse 19 and 20, again, I say to you, Jesus is talking, if two of you agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be none of them, my Father which is in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst of them. So again, he's talking about two. When Jesus sent them out, he sent them out by twos, never right. sent anybody out alone. And then Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 30 says, if one can put a thousand to flight, mm-hmm. two can put 10,000. Now, just think of God's math in that. I mean, it, it exponentially blows up. You yeah. think you think the, the the normal math formula would be well, if one can handle a thousand and two can handle two thousand. Yeah. But God said, no, no, one can handle a thousand, but two can handle ten thousand. Yeah. You know, as I tell Renee, and I used to tell your mom, I say, you know, you're worth nine thousand to me, and I'm worth nine thousand to you. Yeah. Because by myself, I can put a thousand to flight. You hook up with me, we can put ten thousand to flight. Yeah. You by yourself can put a thousand to flight. If I hook up with you, we can put ten thousand to flight. So God's math is always hooking somebody up together with some with with the ministry, so that it be stronger and able to do uh, more than it could do alone. Yeah. So quickly, three three examples we find in First Samuel chapter. Uh, chapter 30, we all know the story where David came back to a little town called Ziklag. The bad guys had been there. They'd burned the town. They'd killed the men. They had taken the women and children hostage uh, and taken all the spoils and left. And David was depressed, and the men were depressed. In fact, they were even talking about stoning David. They're going to kill David. Right. And so David asked the Lord. He said, should I pursue them? What should I do? And the Lord said, yeah, you pursue them, and you'll overtake them, and you'll recover everything. And so they did. They, they started off, but then David turned around and left 200 guys there to watch everything. So he started off with 600 guys, but he left 200 back to take care of everything and watch the stuff. And so they went down, they found the bad guys, they beat the bad guys, killed them, uh, brought back their own wives, their own children, their own spoils and goods that the enemy had taken. Plus, they took all the enemy's spoils and all the enemy's goods. And so when they came back then, they were, they were excited about it, and they said, this is all David's spoil. And David said, no, he said, what we're going to do here, he said, we're going we're gonna to share this around with everybody. And uh, so the 400 that went to the battle said, wait a minute, King David, that's not, that's not a good deal. Let's don't, these 200 guys, they didn't go to battle. They shouldn't get what we got. And David made this statement. He said, uh, no, for who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goes down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarries by the stays by the stuff. They shall part alike. And it was so from that day forward that he made it a statue and an ordinance and for Israel unto this day. Hmm. So you, your mom said Unto that this day. Yeah. Your mom said that to me for many, many, many years. She said, you know, I've sent you around the world. I've stayed home by the stuff. I've stayed home with the kids. I've stayed home with whatever needs watched and taken care of. And I've sent you to Africa and India and here and there. And although she went to those nations with me, uh, she didn't go all the time. And she said, I, I always tell the Lord, I get the same reward as Terry because yeah. you, you go off to battle, but I stay home by the stuff. You, so I get the same reward as you. And that's the same thing with our partners. That's the way we pray over our partners every time, as you know, we do. That, that, that we go off to battle. They stay home by the stuff. They send money. They pray for us. They send money. Uh, they're partners of ours. And so shall their part be that stays home by the stuff, the same as my part is that goes down to battle. Yeah. So David had these partners. 
Yeah, and I've watched you for years. Not only on the flip side of it, partner with other ministries. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I've 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 worked for you for some twenty five, twenty six years. But but before that, I just wasn't on staff. I I still went with you. You know, I was just a kid. Right. And uh, and I don't remember you not giving to some of these ministries that we still give to today. Oh, absolutely. And so every time they do something, fulfilling the call of God on their life, that ministers to people, Christian and and sinner alike, then then we have a right to go before God and say. That spirit, their same spirit, is on us, just That's like you were talking exactly about right. with Moses in exactly his seventy, right. and then and then we get a we get to partake in the blessing from what they do on the front lines. No, because partnership works for everybody. Yeah, it's not just it's not just for me. It's not just for the for the preacher. It, it works all the way around. Yeah. So you know you know if I'm in the ministry and are some people listening to me, they are in the ministry and some are wanting to go in the ministry. But I always thought, well, if I'm going in the ministry and I'm going to want people to partner with me, then I better partner with somebody else. If I'm willing to expect people to, to give to me, I better give to somebody else. If I'm expecting people to pray for me, I better pray for somebody else. If I expect people to pay tithes into the ministry, I better pay tithes uh, out of the ministry. And so because everything with God is reciprocal, it's all the laws of sowing and reaping. Yeah, and God said ministers in Genesis will... 8, as long as time remains, there'll be seed time, seed and, harvest. time and harvest. That's not ever going to change. So, you know, we partnered with Brother Oral Roberts for years and years and years and years. And now yeah. Oral's gone to heaven. We're still partnering with Bridger, still partnering with the ministry. Yeah. Partnered with Brother Kenneth Hagan for years and years and years and yeah. years. And, I mean, I knew Brother Hagan since I was 16 years old and started partnering with him. And uh, and now he's gone on to heaven, and we're still partnering with the Raymond ministry and the Hagan ministry and Ken Jr. and uh, and Lynette. Uh, you, and we're partnering with uh, Brother Copeland for, uh, dear me, I, we've partnered with Brother Copeland, I guess, since, I think since 1972, not not too awful long after he went out in his own ministry, we started partnering with him, still are today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Wayne Myers down in Mexico, Brother Wayne will be 94 years old next month. You know, we've, I've been partnering with Brother Wayne for as long as I can remember. I mean, I first met Brother Wayne when I was 18 years old, and, uh, you know, we partnered him every, every week. Yeah, you know, and we and we couldn't do what we do without our partners. You know, for years and years since I've I've been in the office, I've enjoyed and looked forward to opening the mail myself, not because it's it's uh, n- not based off the money, not in a monetary situation. But I like to know who the people are Absolutely. that believe in us, that are involved with us, that Absolutely. are that are helping us go to battle. And and I can <laughs> Julie always laughs at me because in my head, I can see what what a lot of our partners' checks even look like. I know what amounts they send. I sure. know what their family's sure. names are. I know what their checks look like because that's a big deal because that check is is a covenant Absolutely. between it represents them, them and us that they are hooked up with us and the spirit that God's placed on this ministry, he places on them as partners. That's exactly and right. And then they get whatever reward we get for doing what we do, they get just the same and are, are are just as responsible for what took place as we are. No, absolutely. Every soul that's saved, every blind eyes open, every crippled person that walks, every devil that's cast out, yeah. that all goes to their account. Yeah. Well, you know, for years, Dean and Renee were partners of of Terry Mize Ministries and sure. all that all that we did. And now here you are on the other side of things. And so you you've you've been a partner from both ends. Well, I told Renee know? after we got married, I said, Boy, those, all those investments you made in our ministry all these years has paid off. I said, Now you're now you're now you're reaping a hundredfold on the other side. Yeah, they believed in us and supported the ministry when not very many oh people goodness. did. Yeah, they were they were supporting us. Their church down in Corpus was supporting us a thousand dollars a month, uh, and that was unheard of back long, then. Yeah, long, long, long ago. Yeah, big, yeah. big money. Yeah, Dean was a big missions guy. You know, you know, Dean was raised in in Lakewood Church under John Osteen, and John believed in missions. Yeah, and John say so you pay your you you give to missions if you don't pay your bills, you still give to missions. Yeah, and you know, and Dean was raised up under that and believed the same thing. And of course, Dean was my best friend for forty years, and so 
uh, you know, they, they, they supported us all those years and, and now Dean and Jackie's gone to heaven and Renee and I are doing the ministry. And, yeah. and, uh, we were talking yesterday about how a lot of people, as you say, wanted to go into the ministry and then they're, they're almost offended, uh, young folks, a lot of times that somebody's not partnering with them. And then if you go back and look at the history in their life, it, a lot of the times, not just some, but a lot of the times you see where they weren't partners with anybody else. No, that's right. And that, that is, that is a, a, a resounding testimony of, um, you know, their, their life and then also the track record that you see there. If you haven't put seed in the ground in different areas of just prayer and uh, saying good things about somebody's ministry along with the money, along with faithfulness in a church. It's like somebody going out and they want to go start a church and then they get offended in the community because people aren't coming to their church. Well, did you go to church in in your life before? Did you, Were you faithful to your right. pastor? Did you pay tithes? Were you there when they had the, the vacation Bible school? Did you support the meeting? Did you go in there and be there for prayer because meeting? Because you reap what you sow. And, yeah. and it's that whole concept of... Um, partnering through life and a lot of people don't understand that in marriage and business and in the church and in their education anything at all they're going to have to get in there and put their shoulder to the wheel to get an education they're going to have to do what the what the teacher says right they're going to have to in in when it comes to um, marriage they're going to have to be a part of that they're going to have to put into it and believe that they're going to get out of it when it comes to business you can't complain because you don't get a raise if you're not if you're not sowing the seeds no, to get right. a raise. That's right. And it's all that big picture of realizing that God said, like Terry always quotes in Genesis eight, that as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. Yeah. In other words, you're partnering with the land by putting the seed in the ground to believe God that you're going to get the harvest back. Amen. And if you don't do that through life in every capacity of life, and then just sit back and gripe and, well, nobody's helping me. Well, what, <laughs> what's your track record, sweetheart? Yeah. yeah. What did you do in life? Were you the taker or were you the giver? And also yeah. it's what are you doing? Yeah. You know, a lot of young ministers miss this whole point. They just think that just because you go in the ministry, you automatically should have partners. And that that's not necessarily so. It's like, uh, it's like a partner as we've already said during this podcast is to help a minister do the work of God. But if, if somebody's not doing anything, why would you partner with them? Right. Well, and you I go mean, if they're just, you... if they're just going into church and preaching, then they should have an offering. The Bible is very clear about that. It says if, if you, if they come preach to you, you should, you should sure. share with them and give to them. But as far as ongoing partnership with them, it's like, well, they need to be doing, you know, people partner with us because we're doing missions. Right. Right. We're taking that money that they partner with us, and we go and spend it on pastors overseas. We spend it on orphans overseas. We spend it on disaster areas overseas. You know, there's something to partner with. We're doing right. something. Right. And so, uh, you know, you know, Brother Hagen made this statement many years ago, uh, Brother Kenneth Hagen. He said, he said, you know, if you follow a minister, listen to their their tapes or their CDs, or you read their books, or you follow after their ministry, he said, he said, if and, and partner with them. He said, then you'll partake of what they get, just like we talked about a while ago. You, the same reward comes to those that stay by the stuff. He said, but on the other hand, if that guy goes into error and you keep following him and partnering with him into error, you'll end up getting in that error too because that there's a spiritual hook up there. There's a spiritual link up there. And, you know, you ought to always just ask yourself, Lynn, what do I want my partnership to produce? 
Mm. What is it I'm wanting to produce? Am I just giving to somebody because, or do I want to produce something? Well, when we put seeds in the ground, you put specific seeds in the ground. Exactly I know right. I know if I put tomato seeds in the ground that it's going to produce that's, tomatoes. That's right. right. That's exactly right. You, you said, what harvest do I want? Mm. What do I want my seed to produce? And so you partner with those kinds. That's why I partner with the ministries we partner with. I know sure. what they're doing, and I know what they're producing. I want my seed to produce that. Yeah. And so uh, that, that, that's the whole point of partnership. Nobody taught me any of this when I was a little girl, but it it's it's almost like I learned so many principles uh, just by osmosis, by being around some really decent people and going to church all the time. But when I was a little girl, I just, I wanted to help my mother all the time. And I just ran around the house helping her and cooking and cleaning and doing that. Then when I went to school, I wanted to help the teacher. And I just wanted to be her helper. And I could just see myself in second grade and third grade and fourth grade asking Miss Allen and Miss Witherspoon and asking them what they need. Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? And when I got to church, I, I, I look back on my life and I was the same way. I wanted to help the Sunday school teacher and I wanted to help the youth pastor. Absolutely. And I went to the pastor's wife and said, can I help you? Can I carry the diaper bag? And I just got to where I just helped all through life. And I did that on every plane. Then when I got into college, I did the same thing. I was trying to help this person and help that person sure. go to the cafeteria and help the, and get in there five minutes early. And can I help y'all do anything? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I found myself helping, just helping. All the time. And I ended up through life reaping the benefits sure. of helping those people who are now still a many of my friends. And I didn't even realize what I was investing in all through the no, years. But right. now I have their prayers and their friendship and their support in all areas of my life. And they contact through Facebook and through phone calls and text messages. And it was all because I started helping. And, you yeah. know, on the other hand, uh, when you was little, you may not be in all that much help. Right. But they were no they job. were letting you help. I remember probably one of the best things that ever happened to me at six years old is our church built a new building. Well, I went out there as a six year old and helped now I'll put that in quotation marks because I'm sure I didn't <laughs> sure. do much. But at I helped them build the church. Right. And and I remember them handing me a brick, a single brick, where a man would have a whole wheelbarrow full of bricks. They'd they'd hand me a single brick and say, Take this over to Joe over there. And, you know, I probably just got in the way. I probably wasn't any help at all, but I didn't know that then. I thought I was helping build the church. And, and them letting me help, you know, put something on the inside of me to where I wanted to help. Exactly. And then and then I got a little bigger. I'd go ask the pastor, can I mow your grass? And I'd mow his grass, you know, and came time to, he needed something painted. Let me paint it. Let me paint it. Yeah. You know, and so all my life I did the same thing as Renee. I, and when I started off, I'm sure I wasn't much help. Right. You know, but thank God those people let me help. And those guys let letting you carry that brick literally laid a foundation for partnership in your life. Oh, absolutely. Because because they they allowed you to be whether you were a big help or not, you know, is oh, you know how many times I've, I've gone by that church in my life so I built that church. Yeah. I mean, even after our church sold it and moved out of it and went across town, another church bought it. I still go over there when I was a teenager and got my driver's license. I'd drive by that church. I built that church. That's good. I put those bricks there. I, I planted those bushes right there. Those are my bushes. You know? one, one comment about the heart is that that widow with the two mites, she wanted to help. That's right. Yeah. Where all those Pharisees and larger offerings were the pontification attitude of we're going to help. We're going to bestow our great funds, you know, from from a standpoint of pride and arrogance. But that little widow woman stood there and went in there boldly and gave her two mites. That's right. And it was just such a, a different spirit yeah. and a different attitude there that comes from how much you're going to help. It's not how much you're going to help. Yeah. 
it's from the heart how you're going to help. And, it's and a spiritual thing. It spiritual is. Spiritual thing. It is. And I know we've been going almost, what, 27 minutes now, so we need to wrap this thing up. But I do want to go back and say, and those, I gave the, the example of, of, of David having partners. When you go up to Jesus' ministry, he had partners. He had the 12 disciples. Plus, Luke chapter 8 tells us he had all these women that partnered with him and traveled with him. If you read chapter 8, chapter 8, starting at verse 1, and it go, it says everywhere Jesus went, he had the 12 with him. We know that the 12 were with him, but nobody ever thought about these other people. And it says, and many women. And then it listed three of them by name. And it's a big deal in the Bible when it lists a woman's name, but it listed three of them by name. It said, it says Mary Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. It says that Joanna, who was the wife of a guy named Chusa, who was Herod, King Herod's steward. So the guy that's keeping King Herod's money, his wife's running around with Jesus and helping partner with him and helping him. Mm-hmm. And uh, another lady named Susanna. Then it says, and many others. Many other wow. what? Many other women. Yeah. So there was these three ladies plus many other women that traveled with him and with the 12. And it says this, and they ministered to him of their substance. Yeah. So they were giving him finances and giving him help in the meeting. So it, when Jesus showed up and did those miracles, he didn't do it all by himself. Yeah. He had the 12 disciples out there working. He had all those ladies out there working. He had people paying for stuff. And, and that made all those things happen. He had the people bringing the sick people to him. And then in Matthew 14, verse 35, it says, when the men of that place, I love this scripture, when the men of that place had knowledge of Jesus, they sent out to all the region round about and brought to him all, A-double-L, along the sword in the Bible, all that were diseased and besought him or begged him that they could just touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. So here we have all these businessmen that when they had knowledge of Jesus, they literally spent money and time and effort and went and had and brought all the sick people. Now, how did they do that? They didn't have they didn't Not have Twitter. Car. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have they didn't have email. They didn't have telephones. They didn't have right. television. They didn't have a car. They literally had to go house to house and knock on doors. And it didn't say they brought a few sick people. It said they brought a double L. All that were diseased. How are they going to do that? Except knock on the door and say, "Is anybody sick here? Well, you're coming with us. Well, you're coming with us. We're taking you to Jesus." And as many as came, as many as they brought. And then the, then the, then the men begged Jesus, just let the sick people touch him, your garment. That's all. Yeah. And as many as touched made perfectly whole. So there's oh, partnership yeah. again. Yeah. Then you get over Philippians four or Philippians one and four. You find the apostle Paul who started a church in Philippi out of a jailbreak, if you'll remember. Yeah. And, and that church supported him from the first time they started. Paul says in chapter one of Philippians, it says this church, you, you guys said, I, I remember you from the first day of the gospel until now. So the first day of that church's inception, they were helping him. And he gets on over into chapter 4, and he said to the Philippians, he said, no church except you communicated with me in giving and receiving except you. He said, even when I was over in Thessalonica doing the great Thessalonian crusade, Thessalonian crusade, wasn't the Thessalonians that paid for it. It was you Philippians that paid for it. And he said, and because of that, because you're my missionary partners and you've sent to me even once and again, he said, he said, because of that, my God shall supply all your need Hallelujah. according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we see David's partners. We see Jesus' partners. We see the apostle Paul's partners. The Moses partnership partners. didn't come from a man, didn't come from a church, not a church idea. It's a heaven idea, and it's a spiritual concept. That's why it works for people and blesses people, and, and people can get healed, helped, blessed just because they're partners in the place God told them to partner. Yeah. That's really good. They, they can make demand on that partnership. That's, right. That's really good. We've just scratched the surface of this. This is a huge concept. I mean, we could go on forever talking about oh, this. Absolutely. But it's good. And, and we live in a narcissistic world today where it's all about us. It's all about me. And yet we look at the things of God and it's all about what can I do to help somebody right. else? It's, it's not about much, me. 
much, it's much bigger it, picture. It's all not the about way around. Me. It's always the world. Well, if you're listening today and this has been a blessing to you and you want to know more, then go to terrymize.com, click on the resources page, uh, click on the about page, check us out and see what we're doing. We, Dad's been known to say for years and years that we would never ask anybody for a dime, but we'd just about beg you to pray for us because we don't know where we're going to be. Um, we've got an itinerary on there. You can follow us as, as best you can. We're, we, we, we jump nation to nation doing the best we can to minister the gospel to people. And so we're always somewhere and we don't know what the time is going to be, what the time difference is going to be. So if, if God wakes you up at two, three o'clock in the morning and we're on your heart, then please pray for us. We, we may, we may need it. We may be somewhere where it's not the middle of the night. We may need your prayers. Go to, uh, terrymize.com, uh, follow us wherever we go. Uh, we'd love to, uh, be involved with you. And we want to ask you to go to Terry Mize Ministries Facebook page as well and click the like, like button. As a matter of fact, during this podcast week, if you'll do that, then we're free of charge just as a gift from us to you. We're going to give you, um, Terry's, uh, mini book, God's Opinion of You. And we know that'll be a blessing to you. That will tell you, uh, who you are, what God actually thinks about you. Therefore, you know what you've got access to. And, uh, we thank you for, uh, being a part of this podcast. We're excited to bring these to you. We're having a good time. We believe these are a blessing to you guys. I know we're having a good time. So thanks for joining us and tune in next time as we give living bread to dying men around the world. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.